We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. As a pastor, I have a lot of things on my heart all the time. And so I also have to be able to preach in the middle of all the things that are going on, right? Well, last Sunday, God gave me a message, and I had so many texts all week long about how God spoke to each one of you individually, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, I had some people coming to me go, man, I got another message out of that. I'm like, wonderful, you preach it next time. And so, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And last Sunday was powerful, and we shouted, and we praised, and, and people this week going, Pastor, I've got victory. This, it works. I said, absolutely, the Word of God works. How many know the Word works? But you got to work the Word, right? Well, today, I'm going to be teacher. Last Sunday, I was pastor evangelist. Today, I'm teacher. Because what I deal with Monday through Friday is what I want to talk about today. The Word works. Whenever we have life situations. There are two ways and two topics that I deal with more people in my office about than all other topics put together. The first topic is sex. I deal with that with couples and singles all the time. And so we have a lot of biblical discussions because how many know that our society today is very confused about biblical truth when it comes to sexuality. I deal with that a lot. The second topic that I deal with is finances. Because in our society today, more people are having financial troubles than ever before. And so I have this guardrail up here this morning. How many of you have seen guardrails on the streets, on the bridges, sharp curves? What are these guardrails here to do? Protect you. How many of you have ever scraped a guardrail before? Hit a guard. I, I drive through Oklahoma and I see them all pushed up and crumpled. I'm like, I wonder who did that. They were not having a good day. You can destroy your vehicle. You can wreck your life. So today I'm going to talk about guardrails. Don't wreck your finances. Now some of you go, this has to do with giving. No, this has nothing to do with giving, this has to do with lordship. We get saved, Jesus Christ is our Savior. But then what's the next level? Well, He is Lord. Lord means that He rules your life. He rules every area of your life. And I have found that church people, myself included, we're all in the same boat on this. We love to shout... We love to clap our hands, and we love every kind of message in that genre. But when it comes to teaching on money, we go, oh, here the church goes again. No, no, no. This is how you can live and live abundantly, lording over your finances. Money will do one of two things. It will tell you where it's going. You ever been there? Where you get money, but it's already told you where it's going. I, I know it's all going to go here and I'm going to have nothing left. It's going to go over here and have nothing left. Your money's telling you where it's going. Or when you get money, you can tell your money where it's going. 
And that's what I want to make sure we're getting to. You may say, well, pastor, this message is not needed. Yes, it is. In this church. It's needed in this church. Because if every one of us was giving, guess what we could be doing today? We could, have a, we could have a gymnasium back here. We could be reaching more missions for the world. We could do all kinds of things. In this church is what I'm talking about. In this church, I'm telling you, more than 80% of us do not tithe. So we have a problem with lordship. Now as a pastor, I've got to make sure I want you to know what lordship is all about. He is not only the Lord of your saved spiritual man, but he wants to be the Lord over your mind, your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, everything. And that's why we talk about physical things. I deal with sexuality all the time in my office. You've got to discipline your body. Bring it under subjection. Tell your body what it's going to do, not your body tell you what it's going to do. Same thing with your finances. So today, don't wreck your finances. I don't want you to be in trouble. I want you to have an abundant life. Jesus Christ came so that we can have life in abundance. Full life. And I'm going to help you today because the Word works. The Word works. So what is a guardrail in our spiritual life? It is a personal standard. Hopefully you have your pens. I'm teaching today. I'm not going to shout you down. You're not going to shout me down. There may be a bunch of amens. There may be a bunch of oh mys. But we're going to help each other out today. It is a personal standard of behavior to protect you from dangerous areas in your life. Every one of us have dangerous areas. We've got sharp curves. We've got bridges. We've got to go over rough areas in our life. And the bridge makes it easier. But the guardrail is there. I have guardrails set in my sexual life. You may say, Pastor, you're old and you're married. You don't have one. <laughs> um, listen, I have dealt with this topic with people in their 90s. Don't tell me. You shouldn't be talking about this stuff. No, this is where we really need to talk about stuff because this gets down to where everyday life is. I have guardrails in every area of my life. But we, me and Sandy, have guardrails in our finances because there are dangerous areas that we need to make sure we don't wreck our lives in our finances. Wouldn't it be horrible if your pastor was a terrible financial person and then we're trying to make decisions with the finances of the church? Whenever I interviewed for the church, the board asked me a lot of questions. But they didn't ask me one question. So I told the board, some of the board members are here today that were in that interview. I told the board, here's one thing you should ask me. What is your credit score, Pastor? That's a bit, that would be the first question I would ask a pastor, a candidate. What is your credit score? Because it needs to be really, really, really good. Because i got to tell you, pastors have a bad reputation with finances. I went to, buy, uh, went, went to buy Sandy's car years ago, and one of my board members was the one we were buying it for at the Dodge dealership. And, uh, and so we went in, and he, and, he, and he checked my credit score, and he came back, and he said, Pastor, you get 0% interest on your financing. And then he said, thank you for having such good credit. He said, I deal with other pastors in town, and their credit's horrible. He said, thank you for being a good financial person. Thank you for managing your personal business. And if we handle our personal business, then the church business can be about winning souls. Because that's what our finances are about, winning the lost. And we've got to be able to do things right because the word works. Guardrails are there. I hope I, I've never hit one. 
I hope I never need one there. But should I veer, should I not be paying attention, the guardrail is there to protect me. People think that God's word is there to restrict our fun. It's no fun going off the highway at a high rate of speed when there's nothing under you. Thelma Louise thing. You don't want that fun stuff. You want to stay on the highway. That's fun. People go, well, I don't want these parameters to, to, to help to hinder me when it comes to my sex life. Listen, God's rules are there to protect us, to make us have an abundant life. Proverbs 22.3 says, the prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple, they just keep going and pay the penalties. I've seen people just keep going with their finances and pay the penalties. And then they come to the church and go, hey, what can you do to fix this? Well, it's not going to get fixed in a week because it took you 17 years to make the problem. It's going to take us a few years to get this fixed. But the first thing I talk about is what I'm talking about with you. Lordship. This is all spiritual. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with lordship. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. See, it's talking about lordship. Who's your master today? Either you will hate the one, love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The number one topic in the Bible is salvation. The number one abundance of scriptures is salvation in the word of God. The number two topic with the most scriptures in the word of God is what? Money. Because God knows that's our biggest problem after we get saved. Money. Biggest issue. You can have people get mad, quit, and leave the church over money. You can have people preach a message like I'm preaching today. And people will leave. Well, that's all the church is about. No, no, no. The church is about lordship. Amen. You just don't want to receive that word at that moment. I'm telling you today, receive this. Let it find good soil. And you're going to have abundance in your life. Proverbs 22.3, prudency, danger, take refuge. But those simple people, I, just, I know what's right. I know what's best for me. I know what I'm doing. They pay the penalty. They pay the penalty. Number one, God doesn't want your money. Think about this thing. People go, well, God, God all God needs is my money. No, no, God doesn't want your money. He's God. He wants your full devotion. But the way God measures our devotion is with money. Always has, always will. You know why? It takes us our time to earn money. So if He is the Lord of all of our life and time, then He has to be the Lord of finances because that's what we spend most of our time working at. Finances. 1 Timothy 6, 9-10. Those who want to get rich. How many want to get rich in here? I have no problem. I don't want to get rich. But some of them fall into temptation and a trap. Did you know that wealth can be a trap at times? And into foolish and harmful desires. Money causes people to do crazy things that plunge people into ruin and destruction. We find that most people that win the lottery within three years are broke and then in debt more than what they won. Why? They're foolish. They don't understand. Then look at verse 10. You've got to understand verse 9 before you get to verse 10. Those who want to get rich and fall into temptation and a trap fall into foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. God says, wait a minute, I've got a guardrail for you. 
for the love of money. Understand that. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Let me explain this. It's not money. It's the love of it. It's the going after it. It's the traps that it brings you into. Money is not a, not a, a bad thing. I mean, just look back at Solomon. Look back at David. Look back at most of the big players in the Old Testament. They were mostly wealthy men and women of God. Put in places of leadership because he was their Lord and Master. The love of it, not the money. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Why? Because they cannot serve two masters. God is either your master or money is your master. You cannot serve both. Both. I've seen pastors leave their devotion to God for money. They left the ministry. Well, I couldn't make enough money in it, so I'm going to do this because I'm going to make more money. Yeah, but what kind of trap is being set for you? Yeah. When I was growing up, I, I was told that if you, had, if you were to be a Christian, you had to be poor. Rich people, it's easier. No. Rich men can't go to heaven. Terrible interpretation of the word of God. When Jesus talked to the rich young ruler, he asked him to give up all he had. He was just testing him. And the young man said, I love money more than I do you. And he went away sorrowful. I believe God would have added to his finances had he surrendered them. Number two, the pursuit of riches will destroy your life. If all we're going after for money is for money's sake, it will destroy your life. There's been a rumor around here that I came here and got a big old salary and all that stuff. That's why I'm here. Let me just give you the truth. Do you like truth? This is what people, some people don't like. But the board can tell you. When I came here, I took a $55,000 a year cut in bank. Because yeah. money does not rule me. I go where God tells me to go. I follow the will of God. Because I know that if Listen, money will only get you in trouble sometimes. But no matter what trouble you have, if you have God, you will have an ability to get out of all that trouble. I found that to be so true. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 says this. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. You ever seen money do that at your house? I've seen it sprout wings and be gone. There have been times we thought, oh, we're finally going to get ahead a little bit here. And then something else happened. And God's going, I just want you to depend on me. Yes, sir, boss. Do you love me more? Yes, sir. Do you trust me more? Yes, sir. See, some people put all their faith in their finances. Well, I feel secure today because I've got a 401k and it's looking pretty good. Be careful, it can be gone in a heartbeat. I said it Wednesday night. I had people through the years in my ministry who had a lot of money go, we'll shut this church down. I'll take my tithe and leave. And I tell you, God's always increased the church more than what they left. God brought more back. Because God's not about money, God is about lordship. So there's some financial ditches you can get into. Number one, consuming. Consuming. We cannot spend all that we get. Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth this morning. 
We are in a consumer age in our society. And everything people get, they spend all of it. Whatever you get, you're not to consume it all. Number two, you're not to hoard it either. There are hoarders today. Financial hoarders. I mean, that every little penny they're pinching and stocking it away. Yeah. Money becomes the security, not God. Both are self-centered. People are living like there is no God, so I've got to take care of myself. No. There has to be balance in all of this. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. And that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. There is a God. And when life comes against you and the enemy comes against you, listen, I don't run to my money. I run to God. I run to the one who is able to do something about it. There are situations in life that money cannot fix. Your health. I've seen some of the richest, wealthiest people in the world die. Your money cannot fix your health. Your money cannot fix sickness. Your money cannot fix your children. Your money cannot fix legal issues. It cannot fix marriages. It cannot fix relationships. There's so many things money cannot fix. But I know one that can fix all of those and more. God can. Amen. And when He is your Lord, you then have the ability to go boldly into His throne room. Because He is the Lord of my finances. I am not a robber of God. But I can go in boldly. He's my friend. I'm his friend. And we talk as friend with friend. And he says, what do you need? And I said, God, my wife has stage 4 ovarian cancer. I need your healing. Amen. And he doesn't hesitate. Because I have been surrendered to his lordship in every area of my life. J.P. Morgan lost $2 billion in one day. We've seen Mr. Gate lose billions of dollars in one day. We just saw the owner of Facebook lose billions of dollars in one day. It sprouts wings and flies off. Number three, devotion will bring contentment to your soul. Contentment. I had a person not too long ago, so Pastor, I've, I've, I've gotten to a place of contentment. I said, how do you know that? Well, I went into Walmart and I didn't want to buy anything. I said, okay. I didn't want to buy anything. I'm content. Paul says, I've learned how to be content. Whether I'm broke, Paul was broke. And he said, well, I've had a lot. And in both instances, it did not depend upon the money. It depended upon my relationship with God. You will not find contentment with money because no matter how much you have, you want a little bit more because you're eager for it. But if you learn to be content with what you have, I promise you, if you give God the lordship of your finances, He will give you increase. The Word works. Matthew 6, 31-34 says, Do not worry what you shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear. And that's what everybody's worried about today. For the pagans run after this and all these types of things. Listen, we are not pagans. We are children of God. Pagans run after these things. It's something you eat, you wear, all those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
God knows. He's your Father. He knows you need a place to lay your head, need something to eat, something to wear. But seek first finances. No. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. So if we want to make sure our needs are met, what do we do? Seek God. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Everybody's worried. Well, I, I can't do this or that because what about tomorrow? Hey, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I know, Pastor, but well, what if we get there? I'm going to tell you what to do if, you, if we get to tomorrow. Because God's got this thing all figured out in His Word. The pagan run after these things. But you have a dad, church. And I'll tell you what, if my kids, even today, they're grown and married, but if my kids today, if I know they have a need of somewhere to lay their head, something to eat, or something to wear, guess what? Mom and dad are showing up. And we're going to help our kids out. Because they're our kids. And you know why we can show up and help them out? Because God is the Lord of our finances. We haven't wrecked. We haven't crashed. We haven't demolished them. So I want to give you some financial guardrails today. Number one, you've got to decide what to give. What? Yeah. Because guess what? There's only two people in the world, two types of people in the world, givers and takers. And the Word of God says we are to be what? Givers. Cheerful givers. And everybody focuses on the word cheerful. That's not the focus in the Greek. The focus is not on the word cheerful because that's understood. That if you are a giver, you are going to be cheerful because you have something to give. Has anybody ever been in a church service and you were so broke you had a zero to give? Money's flowing away, you got nothing. Me and Sandy been there. Been there, done that. We go, man, I want something. If I could give, we would be so happy. If we could. And God goes, well, I'm going to test you. We'll give you a little bit and see what you do with it. So even if you get a dollar, we taught our kids a dollar, you do what? You give 10%. That's God's. That's not yours. It's God's. And we don't rob God in our house. We want blessings on our house, blessings on our family, on our health, on our, on our relationships, on everything we do. We want blessings, blessings, blessings. If you want blessings, don't rob God. Don't run into his house, steal stuff from him, and then go, hey, can I have something I'm not going to come to your house, walk in there and steal something, I'll steal your TV, and then go, oh, by the way, you got another hundred I could borrow? You're not going to give it to me. You're going to be saying, hey, give me my TV back. That's mine. Listen, that's the way God looks at it. We're his children. We walk in his house. We've got to give him what's his. It's not ours. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord. It's talking about lordship. Are you Lord? Honor the Lord with your wealth. This is where real honor comes in. Words can be fabricated. But when you bring a gift of your time, it took to earn this, you're honoring the Lord. Honoring with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crop. And boy, you know, those two brothers learned about first fruits, right? Uh, Cain and Abel. It's been from then. God said, hey, when I want the top, the better, the first of it. I don't want leftovers. I don't want anything that's left over. After you do all you want to do, party all you want to party, go on all the vacations and buy all the things you want and all the toys, and if you got anything left, give it to God. I don't want that. If that's what you're giving, guess what? It doesn't really get credited to your account. I'm just being honest. The Bible talks about reconciling. God reconciles books. 
How many know how to reconcile books? You reconcile your bank statements, all those things. God reconciles our financial accounts. Then, number 10, if you do number 9, what happens? Then your barns will be filled overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. How many of you want full barns? I do. What do I have to do? Give him the first fruits. Honor God. The word works. You honor the word, the word will work for you. You don't, the word's going to work against you. 2 Corinthians 9 8. And God is able. I mean, no, God's able. I mean, we want him to save us and heal us and deliver us, but God is able to bless you abundantly. The word of God uses this word a lot to lavish his love upon you. I want lavishness, don't you? I want God to lavish his love upon me, to abundantly bless me, so that in what? It's just the word. So that in what? All things, when? At all times, you have what? All that you need. And you will abound in every good work. I like that three-letter word. All things, at all times, all that you need. How many of you want a life like that? I do. I want that life. I have that life. You know why? Honor God. With all, He is Lord of my life. He is Lord of everything in my life. So how do we get there? Number one, decide what to give. How? In your tithe and offerings. Yeah. Tithe is God's. Non-negotiable, non-optional. If you're a Christian and He is Lord. Secondly, offerings. That's above and beyond tithe. My wife and I give our tithe. We give our tithe to the church. We give it to the district. We give it to the general council. We are tithed out, okay? But then we give offerings above and beyond. We give offerings to missions. We give offerings to, to children's church and to Royal Rangers and Impact Girls. And we give offerings to all the ministries in the church because we're the pastors. We have to. No, we want to because we know that He is our Lord and He will make sure that we have all things that we need at all times. He's going to bless us abundantly. You cannot outbless God. Think about it. He's omnipotent. How can you be omnipotent? You can't. And then you need to be able to give in spirit-led opportunities. And that's what we, sometimes we have guest speakers that come in. We want to bless them. We have opportunities in our community that we, that we bless. We had a little girl yesterday come to our door. Everybody in town comes to our door. Word has gotten out. She said, I, I answered the door and she said, I came yesterday, but your wife promised she would buy something. I said, okay, let me go get her. So we're supporting the band, PCA, I mean the Ponca City Band. We're supporting the football team. We support the basketball team. All those things in town. Why? Because we understand that if we want to be blessed, He's Lord, we've got to be able to bless. We're givers. We've got to learn how to give. Because if you're hoarding, guess what? God can do nothing with that. You've got to, number two, save a percentage for your future. You may say, well, Pastor, I can't. Oh, uh, yeah, you can't. Let me tell you how this works. I talked about how that we have two ways money comes into our life. Money comes in and then it tells us where it's going. Or money comes into our life and we tell the money where it's going. Let me give you an example of this. If I have 10 $1 bills, I get blessed with 10 $1 bills. Here's what it looks like. The first dollar bill that I have on the top, I give to God. 
non-negotiable. Don't even have to think. I don't need to pray about it. That's God's. The second dollar that I have on the top goes into a saving fund. Second dollar. The other eight, I then get to decide what am I going to do with that in my life. Give, save, live. It's real simple. And that's the way this thing works. And if we do that, you know what's going to happen? Sandy and I have finally gotten to this point in our life where now the first two dollars give, then save, now seven to live. Our goal is to get to eight, give, one save, one to live on. You may go, how can you get there? God can bless us. And God bless you. Because it doesn't matter who does it. What matters is that we do what the word of God says. God has no respect to a person. So we've got to be able to have a strategy. The reason why most people are in my office with finances, I have yet to have one person answer yes to this question. And the first question is, do you have a budget? No. Okay. First thing is, this is the first thing I talk about with premarital couples. I've got a couple right now going through premarital counseling. The first thing we talk about is finances because that will wreck your marriage if you're not careful. People get divorced over this thing. We talk about finances. I'll tell you today. You know how to get started? Get you a little notebook about this big. And for one month, 30 days, write every penny down that you spend. And you're going to find out, number one, what your priorities are. That's what you spend the most money on. Number two, you're going to find out where all that money's going that you have no idea where it's going. Because every conversation in my office is this. The husband will say, now I make enough money, Pastor. I just don't know what she does with it. <laughs> Whoa, back up. It's a we thing. It ain't a me and a her thing. It's a we. We're one. Can't separate it. So we've got to figure things out. So if you're today, I challenge you. Because you'll find out what your priorities are. How many times did you spend money at Walmart? Because <laughs> you can't be content. Oh my goodness. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Do not, here's what it says. Go to the end. If you want to figure out how this thing works, go to the end. And then he says a, a derogatory word to you. You sluggard. I don't like that kind of truth to you. It says go to the end, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Here's what God is saying to us. I created the smallest little ant to figure out how to live an abundant life. He has no Lord, no commander. You have a Lord. You have a Father. You have someone who can take care of you. Stop being a sluggard when it comes to the way you live and your finances. Some people live like this. Well, I'm just spend it all and well, God will take care of me somehow. Well, no, that's not the way it works either. Well, I'm going to hoard it all because I don't know what's going to happen and I've got to take care of myself. No, that's not the way it works either. We honor God. We bring Him His 10%. We, we save 10%. 80% we live on. And as we go through life, God will help us. God comes in and supernatural. The reason why I'm saying this, how many of you like the suit I'm wearing today? Somebody said, that's a pretty suit, Pastor. Well, it's green. It's color money. That's why I thought I'd wear it today. But remember in the Old Testament, the wilderness thing? Remember those people that 40 years wore the same clothes and didn't wear out? I wanted to wear this suit today because this suit is 23 years old. 
23 years old. And still looks brand new. Yeah. You know why? Because we honor God. I got these shoes. I got clothes older than most of the people in this church. I got shoes older than most of the people in this church. You know why they won't wear out? Because God keeps blessing. We got a 20-year-old vehicle. It's God's blessing that they keep on going. Man, I want the blessings of God on my life. And the way I get the blessings of God is not by shouting and praising and all that. The way I get the blessings of God is honor Him with my wealth. Honor Him with my first fruits. Why? Because He is Lord. He is Savior. He's the Master. He's the Commander. And if I honor Him, He honors me. That's good preaching, Pastor. That's good stuff. Number two, you've got to save a percentage for the future. Oh, we can't. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've got to tell it where to go. Save a percentage for the future. A, you've got to have a rainy day fund. Uh, well, it rains almost all the time here in Oklahoma. So you better have a good fund. But you're going to have time where your, your motor, your car breaks down. Need all four new tires. The ladies had to go to trip to Waco. They're going to use our vehicle. And all of a sudden, I'm like, we need new tires. So I went and put four brand new tires on the vehicle. How could I do that? I wasn't expecting it. It was out of the ordinary. I went and did it because I've got a fund over here that I've been putting into for rainy days and problems. Proverbs 23, 22.3. You've got to get this one. Prudency, danger. Take refuge. What do the foolish do? Simple people. I'll just keep going. Had a guy one day tell me, oh, Pastor, I was praying because uh, uh, the devil made me have a flat top. Blow out. The devil. Devil had that tire. So I went and looked at his tire and the wire is sticking out of it. I said, the devil didn't do that. I said, you just need new tires. It had nothing to do with spiritual things. We blame the devil. He gets credit for a lot of stuff we bring on ourselves. You gotta have a rainy day fund. Number two, you gotta have a retirement fund. You gotta be able to get 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 ready. You gotta get ready for this stuff. Can't wait till you're 75 and go, oh, I need to save up for getting be able to quit. Too late. Let me give you this little, this little math thing. If you get $1,000 a year for 15 years at, at a percentage rate, that's, that's a nominal percentage rate, it will begin to be able to be $24,672. For the next 10 years, you can take out $2,000 a year, so that's twice as much you put in, and you will still have $15,300, more than you put in to begin with. People don't understand the magic of compounding interest. We, we start saving a little bit. And you know what God does with that compounding? It begins to grow, begins to grow, begins to grow. Number three, you need to leave an inheritance for your kids. Trying to hurry. Hey, that's not my problem. Biblically it is. Proverbs 13, 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Oh man, now i got to worry about my grandkids. Yeah. i got to leave them two kind of inheritances. Number one, spiritual. I want them to know God, and I want them to be Savior, Lord, Master of all. That's my first inheritance I want to give to my kids and my grandkids. The other day they came over, he wanted to play video games instead of sit at the table and eat. That doesn't happen at Poppy and Mommy's house. So we set him down. Hey, listen, we don't play video games. We all come to the table and sit down. I don't want to be there. Well, who's the big people in the house? <coughs> come on, parents. Let me get a little parenting here. So we made him put it down, come over there and sit. He wasn't going to eat. <laughs> About two minutes later, he's eating and laughing and talking. And we sit there for 45 minutes around the table and had a great time. Right. Listen, we've got to get an inheritance to our children spiritually. Yeah. 
And I said, well, what spiritually happens at the table? Relationships, building relationships, talking about God. We did all that at the table. And then secondly, I got to give them a financial inheritance for my children and my children's children. A good person. I want to be a good person. I want to be able to bless them. Now, we joke with them all the time. We're, we're spending your inheritance. They just don't know it. Don't tell them. So when they come back, don't tell them they're going to get something. Number four, you live on the rest. We don't consume everything. Proverbs 21, 20 says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Wow. Listen, today in America, we have a lot of Christians that God is putting in the sluggard and the foolish category. Listen, we need to be a church that honors God. I want blessings on this house. God, that's just like me and Sandy want blessings on our home. We do everything the Word of God tells us to do so that when we do have issues, we go straight to God with no hesitation. I want to be able to do that as a pastor in this church. I want God to say, I'm going to pour out blessings. I love the verse that says, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings you cannot contain. Hallelujah, praise God. But why does that happen? Because I brought the first fruit into the presence of God and honored Him, and I did not rob Him first. Now listen today, I want us all to be blessed. I want every person to be able to come to me in the next year and go, Pastor, man, God has blessed me with finances and with spiritual blessings. Because that's what God wants to do. He's our Father. Live on the rest. A, don't spend more than you make. Don't, we haven't had a car payment in seven years or eight years because God just keeps our cars running. Thank God for that. I don't want a car payment. I want to tell my money to go somewhere else than a car payment. I want to make sure I have a budget. I get on track. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says, The wisdom of a house is built, and through understanding it gets established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Wow. I want God's house. I want your house to not only be built, but then be established. That means it's not going anywhere. It's set on a rock. Live on the rest. B, don't borrow more than you can repay. And listen, there are some purchases you have to borrow money for. We borrow money to buy our house. I'll be happy when it's paid off, but we had to borrow money. I did not have cash to go pay cash for my house. I wished I would have, but I didn't. But I don't borrow a lot of other things because I save up for them to pay cash for them. I don't want to pay the interest rates. I think that's robbing me of my money. I want to make sure I pay cash for it. Walk away. Take care of business. Why? Because I've been putting some aside for rainy days and situations. Uh, Proverbs 22, 26, and 27. Don't be the one who shakes hands and pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Gotta be careful. Don't buy a house you can't pay for. Don't let your eyes get bigger than your financial wallet. Make sure that you stay within your means. C, don't live past your limits. And that's so important. Just because everybody else has the toys doesn't mean you have to have them. I love toys. I don't have very many. I don't have a boat. I don't have an ATV. I don't have a lot of stuff. I do have my own toys. I've got a Jeep that's tricked out. I love it. I got a few little things, but I made sure I stayed within my limits. 
1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God who richly provides us what? With everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You see, life that is truly life is not this life. Life that is truly life is when we meet Him in the next life. I want to be wealthy in the next life too, don't you? There used to be an old song, just give me a cabin in the corner of glory land. I don't want a cabin. I want a mansion. You may say, Pastor, you're greedy. I'm not greedy. I'm just thinking big. I want big wings. Eight-pack abs. When you walk by my house, I want you to take a minute or two to get by. And if you want to come in, I say, come on in. There's room for everybody. Come on. Yeah. Because I've been found faithful here. Lordship. Lordship is not about salvation. Lordship is now how does God want you to live. And I've taught you this morning very quickly one element of how God wants us to live with our finances. We have to decide, do I want to live as the word of God wants me to live? Can I do it? Yes. You don't run, I'm not going to run out here tomorrow and run a marathon. You know why? I haven't been running. I'm not going to lose 25 pounds tomorrow. You know why? I haven't started trying to lose weight. But if I want to run a marathon next spring, I better start running tomorrow. If I want to lose 25 pounds, I better understand that's going to take me eight months, a year, two years, because it took me that long to put it on. So if I want to make sure I get my finances in order, i got to start with something. Start with 1%, 2%, 3%, and watch God do something. Get it up to 10, then 15, then 20, and watch God do crazy stuff. Because that's what He does. He says, I will make sure that you have all things, all that you need, all the time. Isn't that the way we want to live? Stand with me this morning. I want you blessed. And if you leave here today and you go, Pastor preached on money this morning, you miss the whole message. Because the message is about lordship. There's an old song in the church we used to sing, For He is Lord. He is Lord. And I believe we've gotten past the message of lordship today to where we just want a quick fix of praise and worship. Give me a 15-minute message. Let me get out of here. And don't make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm serious. That's where, the that's where the church is at today, the shape of the church. Just make me happy. Well, today I'm trying to make you blessed and abundantly happy. Because I'll tell you what. It's more fun having money than not having money. I've been in both places. But I do not love money. I love God. And you may say, well, pastor, has God ever tested you in Sandy? Oh, yeah. Because you see, you can't, you can't talk if you don't get tested. There's been times where we, we've been in an all-church service and God speaks to her. And she, he speaks to her because she's much more generous than I am. 
And he'll tell her to give a crazy amount of money and I'll be sitting there choking on it. And then she looks at me. Is he Lord or not? Yes, ma'am. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.